Open your Bible this morning to the Gospel of John. Find the first chapter of John's Gospel. And we're going to ask the Lord, we've asked the Lord to speak to us today from His Word, and He will. Today I'm going to ask you a very personal question. A very personal question that only you can answer for yourself. It's the same question that a group of people asked John the Baptist. And he answered them. It is the same question that a group of people asked Jesus. And he answered their question. In fact... This very personal question that I'm going to ask you to answer in your own life has only three words. Three words. But there's not a more important question that I could ask you. You don't have to answer it out loud. What you've got to do is just think, well now, what is the answer to that very personal question? question. The question the group of people asked John the Baptist was this, who are you? John, who are you? Then another group of people asked Jesus the same question. They, Jesus had been talking to them. They said, well, who are you? Now, Let me not ask that question of John the Baptist or Jesus, but I'll ask it of you and I'll ask it of me. And the question is, well, who are you? You know, that's a very sobering question. For us to say, well, really, who, who am I? You say, well, I'm a plumber. That's not who you are. That's what you do. You, You say, well, I'm a housewife. That's not who you are. That's your role. Basically, it goes deeper than our vocation. It goes deeper than just a a surface answer. We have to really come to grips with the answer, well, who am I? Really? Who are you? In the first chapter of John, you notice to ask John the Baptist. I want you to notice what John said to him. You got your Bible open in John chapter 1. And it says here, Uh, In verse 19 of John 1. Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. They asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? He answered and said, No. And they said to him, Well, who are you that we may give an answer to those who ask us to ask you? Well, John went on and answered the question of his divine purpose. His wasn't the same as yours or mine, but he answered the question. He said, in fact, he said, who I am was prophesied by Isaiah. And if you look down 
in verse 23 of John 1, he answered the question, who are you with these words? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. He said, I have come announcing Jesus. Then we go down in verse 29. You know, he fulfilled who he was. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, John the Baptist knew who he was. He knew his purpose in life. And he was faithful to it. And you, can I tell you the motto of John's whole life? He said, I'm not the Christ. He that comes after me is preferred before me. He said, I'm not worthy to unloose his sandals. And then John made that great statement in the third chapter of John. He said, he must increase. He said, I'm telling you who I am. Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. Boy, that, that's a, a pretty big statement. And he said, it's not about my increase. It's about Jesus increase. So John knew who he was. Who are you? I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. But then look over in the eighth chapter of John and a bunch of Pharisees came to Jesus and they asked him the question, well, who are you? And it's amazing how they would even ask him that question after he had already talked to him the way he did. In the eighth chapter of John, look at verse 12. Jesus is talking and the Pharisees are there and and they were very religious. They knew the law, but they didn't know the God of the law. They knew the Bible, but they didn't know the God of the Bible. And they certainly didn't know Jesus. And so Jesus said in verse 12 of John 8, he spoke to them again saying, well, I'm the light of the world. Well, he just told him who he was. I'm the light of the world. He that follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisee said, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. I know where I came from and I know where I'm going, but you do not know where I came from and you do not know where I'm going. Then in verse 25, he's been telling them who he is. He's been telling them, but then they, they, they ask him, it says, then they said to him, well, who are you? What a question to ask Jesus. Well, who are you? And Jesus said, just what I've been saying to you. Have you not been listening? I'm who exactly I've been saying to you. Just who I've been saying to you from the beginning. Now, I'm going to let Jesus. John answered the question, who are you, by saying, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. I have a divine purpose and a divine creation. And I have a, but I'm going to let Jesus answer the question, who are you? You go back till he was 12 years old. They went to Jerusalem at the feast time. His mother, Joseph and Mary, took Jesus with them. They went to the temple. Well, they left. After they'd been gone for a day, now get this, they were all traveling as a family and as a crowd. After they'd been gone for a day, they realized Jesus wasn't there. They'd gone a day and Jesus was not. They'd left Jesus behind. And so they say, man. So they go back and I guess it was another day's journey back. Well, on the third day, they got back to, um, to Jerusalem where Jesus was. And they find him in the temple. 
Now, I'm going to let Jesus answer the question, who are you? He's going to answer it for you. There, he's in the synagogue talking to the teachers and the leaders. And Mary goes up to him and says, son, why in the world did you stay behind? You know you were supposed to stay with us. We have been worried about you and where you were. We have been anxious. And you know what Jesus answered to his mother? He told, he said, listen. Don't you understand? Now, this is a 12-year-old. Did Jesus really know who he is? She says, don't you know I've got to be about my father's business? That's why I stayed. And that's why I'm here. Because you've got to understand, it's all about my father's business. Jesus was declaring, God is my father. I am the son of the living God. And I must be about his business. And it said Mary didn't really understand, but she pondered it in her heart. Hey, Jesus said, he's my father. I'm his son. That's who I am. And I've got to be about my father's business. And then you go on and you follow Jesus on the journey. And you remember when he met the woman at the well and he told her everything about her. And, and finally, she said in the fourth chapter of John, well, I know one thing. Uh, when the Messiah comes, he's going to tell us everything. Now, listen, you've got to listen to what Jesus said to her. You've got to understand what she said. We know when the Christ, the Messiah's come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 26, I that talk to you am he. He said, I am the Christ. He told her, said, the Christ is talking to you. He said, I am the Messiah. The Messiah's talking to you. My father's business, I'm the son of God. I'm the Christ. I'm the Messiah. And so Jesus was answering the question throughout his whole life as to who he is. You know, in John chapter 1, he says, John chapter 14, rather. Now listen to what he said. He's going to answer the question, who are you? Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God... You believe also in me, because in my Father's house are many mansions. He said, God's my Father, and if you believe in God, you're believing in me, because I'm God. And he goes on over in verse 7 of John 14. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it will satisfy us. Now listen to what Jesus said, in case you don't think he knew who he was. He said, Philip, has I been with you so long, and you have not seen the Father? Listen to what he said. He that has seen me has seen the Father. He said, and then he goes on and says in John 10, 35, I and my Father are one. Jesus knew who he was. The Son of God. God manifest in the flesh. Perfect deity. I and my Father are one. But you know, the great declaration. See, there are a lot of people that will say, I believe Jesus was a good teacher. I believe he was a prophet. I believe he was a good example, but I don't believe he's God manifest in the flesh. I don't believe he's God manifest in the flesh. Well, then you don't have that option. You do not have that option. Because you see, if that were true, then Jesus is a liar. He said that he was the Christ. He said that he was the Messiah. He said that he and that his father were one. He said he was about his father's business. There's no question about it. But the thing that nails it is, I'm talking about Jesus' answer, 
was after he was crucified and raised from the dead, all the disciples had seen him but Thomas. And Thomas, absolutely, I felt spurned because he hadn't seen Jesus. He said, I'm going to tell you, guys, I hear what you say that he's alive, but I'm going to tell you one thing. Unless I see the print of the nails in his hand and thrust my hand in his side, I will not believe. Well, then Jesus appears, and there's Thomas. Jesus goes right over to Thomas and says, here, Thomas, go and put your, put your finger in the print of the nails. Go ahead, Thomas, and thrust your hand in my side. Do you know what Thomas said? Do you know what he said? He said, my Lord and my God. Do you know really what he just said to Jesus? I don't need to put any finger in the nails, print hands. He said, I'm going to tell you something. You're my Lord, and you're my God. Well, what did Jesus say? No, 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 Thomas, you missed it. I'm just a good teacher. I'm just a good prophet. I'm not your Lord, and I'm not your God. Oh, no, that's not what Jesus said. You know what Jesus said? Thomas, you have seen me, and you believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me, but who will believe. But the thing you need to understand, Jesus did not refute Thomas when he said, my Lord and my God, because Jesus knows and knew that he is Lord and he is God. Who are you, Jesus? My Lord and my God. But the main message today is this. I want to ask you the question. Who are you? Now, really, who are you? Would you just think about a moment? Well, now, you know, I, I need to answer that question. Who, who, um, who am I? You know, um, one of the funny stories I heard was a friend of mine was, was preaching a revival in a city, and they had said, now, we have a large nursing home close by, and um, on Wednesday... We're, they're going to have all of them in there together. It's probably going to be about 100. And said, we told them that you're coming and that you're going to speak. And they're all excited about it. So he got over there. And sure enough, there was a large crowd of the people in the nursing home. And he, he knew they'd been announcing that he was coming. So he, he just said, well, now, how many of you all know who I am? Not a person said a word. Well, how many of you all know who I am? Nobody said a word. The lady on the front row said, sir, I'll tell you something. There's a lady down the hall. If you go down there, she'll tell you who you are. <laughs> She'd probably ask her before. Now, now, the question is this. Who are you? That, that, that's a question that we need to answer. I never did read much about the, the early philosophers. I heard about Plato and Socrates. I, I thought it was Pluto instead of Plato, but I heard about all those things. But one of them did make this statement, and, and you know what his whole philosophy was? Know yourself. I said, well, what self do you want me to know? <laughs> Which self do you want me to know? He said, knowledge of yourself. So I, I want to help us this morning answer the question. Who are you? And we will answer it from the Word of God. We'll let the Bible answer that question. You know, there are really four people that, that 
you could be. First of all, there's the person, the person that you think you are. There's the person you believe you are. Well, I tell you who I am. This is the person I believe I am. Then, then there's the answer. There's the person that people believe you are. Well, who are you? Well, I, I tell you, I'm the person I, and you, you tell me who you are. And then, then there's the person who you believe you are. And then there's the person that people believe you are. It's called your image. It's called your persona. It's called the way you come across publicly. The person people believe you are. Then, then thirdly, there's the person God knows you are. And then there's the person God says you are. Now, I mean the person you believe you are, the person people believe you are, the person God knows you are, but then there's the person God says you are. Well, I want to know the person that God says I am because I really want to be able to answer the question I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be foolish. So I want to be able to answer the question honestly, who are you? Now, there's the person you believe you are. Can I tell you what breaks my heart? Over the years, I've talked to people, and they basically have this attitude. Well, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm just a mistake. I, I'm just a mistake. God, God, would have been, God made a mistake. When he made me. I'm just a mistake. And I've heard others. I could say from, the, from their spirit and attitude. Well I'll just tell you. I, I'm just a loser. I'm a loser. I, I'm, I'm just a loser. I've been a loser all my life. And I, I won't be a loser the rest of my life. I'm just a loser. Well I mean is that really. Who you are. A mistake. A loser? Well, well, who are you? Well, which day you want to know? I'm one person one day, and I'm another person the next day. Well, how are you? How, how's the woman you married doing? You say, which one? She changes every day. Same thing's true of a man who got up this morning. <laughs> and, and some people say, well, I, I'm one way one day, and I'm one day the next day. And the question is, who are you? Some people just really, really don't know who they are. They, they really don't. There's the opposite of being, you know, I'm a mistake, I'm a loser, I'm one thing one day and one thing another, I'm, uh, there's no consistency in my life. Then there's the other extreme where a person believes they're God's gift to the human race. Have you met anybody like that? <laughs> oh man, I, I mean, they're God's gift to the human race. I'm telling you, they strut sitting down. I'm, I've never seen a thing like it. <laughs> I mean, they just God's, I mean, they got this exaggerated opinion of themselves. <laughs> hey, do you know the Bible says in Romans 12, 3, he said, I want, I, I'm telling you to be sober. Don't think of yourself more highly. Romans 12, 3, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Think soberly. Paul said in Galatians 6, 3, if a man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, so they're the two extremes. Well, who are you? I'm a mistake. I'm a loser. I'm a different person every day. Or a person, you know, I'll tell you who I am. I'm God's gift to the human race. There's me and everybody else. Well, I hope that's not who you think you are. But then there is the person people believe you are. Did you know everybody's concerned about their image? <laughs> Man, I, I got to present the right 
image. I got to come across the right way. And boy, they're, they're, so, they're, they're, they're so concerned about how they act publicly, you know, just exactly how. Can, can I ask you a question? The person people believe you are, are you real or are you a phony? Are you one thing privately and another thing publicly? You know what the Bible calls that? Hypocrisy. You know the word sincere. Are you, are you sincerely the person that you come across at publicly? You know what the word sincere means? It means without wax. It means that they used to make stuff and it wouldn't be genuine. So what they'd do, they'd make the outside, put wax in the middle. And, and, and so they came up with the word sincerity, which means it's the same throughout. It's without wax. Now, I want to ask you a question. Are you the same throughout? What about the person people believe you are? Is that really who you are? But then there's another. There's the person you believe you are. There's the person people believe you are. And then there's the person God knows you are. You know, here's the verse. 1 Samuel 16, 7. God had told Samuel to go get a king. So Jesse had, I think, seven sons. I don't know. He had a bunch of sons. But so, so Samuel goes to look for a king. And so, buddy, I mean, he had this son, about six foot three. I mean, dark black hair, good tan. Started to say kind of reminded me of myself. But anyway, I mean, <laughs> dear God, that's a joke. <laughs> I mean, this guy was a knockout. You got it? And oh, Jesse said, surely, surely Eliab is going to be the king. Samuel said, no. You don't understand, Jesse. Boy, this is sobering. Man looks on the outward appearance. But God looks on the heart. You know who really knows who you are? God does. I certainly hope that you have nice clothes and wear nice clothes. And I certainly hope your hair is fixed nice. I mean, hope, I mean, I want you to look your best. And that's important. I mean, hey, just shows something about how we feel about ourselves. But I'm going to tell you one thing. God doesn't look on the outward appearance. God looks straight at your heart. And see, there's a person you believe you are. And the person people believe you are. But there's the person God knows you are. And that's the one that really matters. God looks on the heart. But I want to go to the most important one. And that is this. Now this is going to help you. I I was talking to someone just a few days ago. 39 years old. And this individual said, well, I'm just not sure who I am. God had already spoke to me about dealing with this and this just confirmed it. Well, I just don't know who, I really don't know who I am. I don't know if I'm married to the right person. I, I really don't know what's ahead of me. It's just like I've got a blank in front of me. It's almost like drifting. No clear understanding. Okay, now let, let me tell you 
who God says you are. And why don't you just believe God and not believe lies? Why don't you just believe God and accept what God says about you? Okay? And it's going to bless you. It's absolutely going to bless you. First of all, did you know that the Bible's got, you know what God says about you? (laughs) That you're created in his image. Does that sound like a mistake? Does that sound like a loser? Does that sound like somebody, a piece of junk? Did you know the Bible says that you are created? Who am I? You're created in the image of God. Genesis 1, 26. Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. And let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air. And then he says, and male and female he created them in his image. Let me tell you one thing. You'll never know who you are until you understand God distinctly and uniquely created you in his image. And you are in the image of the living God. And God doesn't create mistakes. And God doesn't create losers. God creates people in his image. Boy, I I got to reading this in Psalm 139. If you want to, you ought to turn over and read this. See, the devil's lied to you. He says that you have no value, that you have no worth. I mean, many of you have just bought into this stuff, you know. Well, I mean, I, I mean I'm just going to make it till I, I get over. I'm just going to exist until the last call. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Psalm 139, listen, listen to what it says about you and about those that every person created by God. Would you listen to this? It says in Psalm 139, verse 13. For you formed me, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Hey, by the way, life does not begin when you come out of the womb. Life begins at conception. And that's why when you take a life in a womb, it's murder. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Now listen to what he said. This is you. I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Does that sound like a loser? A mistake? Does that sound like junk? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. My soul knows very well. Now listen to this. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret, when I was in my mother's womb, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Now listen to this. Your eyes saw my substance being unformed. And in your book, they were all written. God said, not only did you see me, but you wrote me down in your book. You wrote my life down in your book. Here's my name and here's my life. You wrote it down in your book. Who are you? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He he saw my substance unformed. And in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me before I ever came out of my mother's womb. You numbered my days. And you had a plan. Well, who are you? 
The days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. You had it all planned out before I was ever on this earth. Every one of it. So you need to understand. Who are you? You're created in the image of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God has written down in heaven who you are and who you're supposed to be. And all you've got to do is listen and let God lead you. But now, there's a second thing you need to answer the question who you are. First of all, you're your person created in the image of God. But the second thing is this. You are greatly loved by God. Why do people have so much trouble believing that? That they are greatly loved by God. It's all over the Bible. How much God loves you and God loves me. Not only did he create us in his image and we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And he has a purpose for our life. And, and, and all we need to do is just know him and follow him. And, and then he loves us uh, beyond any understanding that we could have. We are greatly loved by God. Greatly loved by God. In 1 John chapter 4, here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation down the cross for our sins. He loved us and sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, I got to thinking about this verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Now, I want you to listen. Who are you? You are greatly loved by God. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive in Christ. Now, you underscore that because the devil, you don't think anybody loves you. You certainly don't love yourself. You don't think anybody loves you. But I'm telling you, I know one thing. I'm telling you, you are greatly loved by God. But God, is rich, who is rich in mercy, mercy with his great love with which he loved us when we were dead in trespasses and sin, made us alive together with Christ. Amazing love. How can it be? That you, my God, would die for me. You're greatly loved by God. Well, who are you? You're created in the image of God. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, who are you? You're greatly loved by God. But let me go on. Who are you? The Bible says that you and I were sinners by nature and sinners by choice. Now, that's where the water gets muddy. Created in God's image, God has a purpose and plan for our life. Greatly loved by God. Nothing we can do to make him love us more or love us less. He loves us unconditionally. But why are we in the mess that we're in? The Bible says we're sinners by nature. We inherited from Adam, like it or not, a sinful nature. The Bible says, by one man's disobedience, Adam, many were made sinners. You were born, and I was born, everybody except Jesus was born with a sinful nature. That's why it is so easy to sin, and that's why we start sinning so young. We have a sinful nature, and we're not only sinners by nature, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. We're sinners by choice. Don't you get bent out of shape with Adam. 
Well, I tell you what, if Adam hadn't sinned, I wouldn't be in the shape I'm in. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a will? Yes, you do. Do you make choices? Yes, you do. Have you ever made a choice to sin? Yes, you have. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I was talking to a six-year-old recently. And it blew me away what he said. Gosh, you're not going to believe what he said. He said, I've got hell in my heart. A six-year-old. I've got hell in my heart. I said, well, what do you mean? And then he told me how sometimes thoughts came into his mind. And he knew they were evil. And he knew they were wrong. I said, no, it's not hell. It's called sin. You know, you, you can be tempted to sin at six years old. You may not know all sin is, but I'm going to tell you something. See, you're born with a sinful nature, and you're a sinner by nature. And then th- down the road, you have a choice, and you know it's sin, and you make that choice. And you're a sinner by choice. So you see, who are you? Man, I am created in the image of God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And God loves me greatly, but I've got a problem. I'm a sinner by nature and a sinner by choice. Yes, but wait a minute. Let's go on another step and let me tell you who you are. For God so loved the world. That's you. He saw you a sinner by nature and created in his image, fearfully and wonderfully made, and greatly loved by him. But he saw you that you were a sinner by nature and choice, and you were going your own way. Everyone has turned to his own way. Everyone has turned to his own way. But the Bible says, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life let me tell you who you are you're so loved by God that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross in your place and every lie that you would ever tell every time you'd ever be selfish every time you'd ever be bitter and angry every time you would ever curse God every lustful thought you ever received I am telling you God so loved you that he sent his son Jesus Christ into the world and Jesus Christ went to the cross and he took every lie you ever told and everything you ever stole and everything you ever did wrong I am telling you Jesus bore your sins in his body on the cross. And I tell you who you are. You're so loved by God that his son took your wickedness on himself and died on the cross in your place. Now that's who you are. God, how could you love me? You said that while I was still a sinner... Christ died for me. God, you didn't see me at my best and die for me. God, you saw me at my worst and then went to the cross and took my place. Don't you let the world answer the question, who are you? Don't you let the devil answer the question, who are you? You let God answer the question, who are you? You're created in God's image. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a purpose and plan for your life. It's written in the book. You're greatly loved by God. Oh, do you know how much he loves you? 
But the truth is, we're sinners by nature and by choice. But God didn't stop there. He loved us so much that this is who you are. You are the man that Jesus died on the cross for. You are the woman that Jesus died on the cross for. You're the teenager that Jesus died on the cross for. You mean to tell me, Brother Fred, that he died in my place. He took, oh, that's exactly right. That's who you are. Someone that was so precious to God that his son died on, on the cross for you while you were still a sinner. Who are you? Let me tell you one last thing. If you, knowing you're created in God's image, and he has a plan for you, knowing how much God loves you, greatly loved by God, but acknowledge, yes, I am a sinner by nature and by choice, but you know I believe Jesus is the Son of God, I believe he died on the cross in my place. I believe he took all my wickedness. He was condemned, so I would never have to be condemned. Wow, he suffered all the pangs of hell, so I would never have to sucker, suffer the pangs of hell. I mean, he took, I believe that Jesus died for me and he took my place and he took my sin and so therefore I embrace him as my savior and my lord God be merciful to me a sinner and you receive Jesus Christ he receives you as your lord and savior and it's not religion it's not baptism it's not the church it's none of that stuff I'm telling you you've got one hope for salvation and that is Jesus Christ And so you receive him as your Lord and Savior, your substitute, your sacrifice. His blood is applied to your life. Your sins are forgiven. And God gives you the righteousness of his son. And then you answer the question. Now you're saved. Who are you? Tell you who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Well, what do you mean? We're all children of God. We're all uh, God's children by creation. But you only become God's spiritual child by redemption, the blood of Christ. Well, who are you? I'm so glad I can say to the world, I tell you who, I'm a child of God. My sins are forgiven. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm robed in the righteousness of Jesus. I'm accepted and beloved. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Heaven is my home. God loves me. God's going to direct my steps. I am a child of the living God. I'm a member of the family of God. And my God loves me and he, and, and, and he wants to lead me. I'll tell you who I am. I am a child of God. How? Because of his son, Jesus. There are going to be people that live and die and they're never going to answer the question, who are you? They're just going to go on thinking they're a mistake, a loser. I'm just telling you something. If you understand who you are in God's eyes, it'll change everything. And then you realize the greatest thing in the world is to know God and to love God. And the way you know God is through his son, Jesus Christ. And the way you love God is through his son, Jesus Christ. You can live and die and never know who you are. Are. And the greatest thing to be able to say, whether you're 15 or whether you're 80, is I'm a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. I love those words. We are all children of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who are you? The person you think you are. The person people think you are. The person God knows you are. 
are the person God says you are. Got to answer that question. 